This seminar, entitled How to Get Going, was recorded at the 2019 Pioneer Conference in Malaga. The speaker is Andy Moyle. Good to see you all. Thank you for coming. You are in How to Get Going. Is that what you want to do? Yeah, that's good. Great. Okay. So I'm Andy. Uh, I'm currently in Kings Lynn. We've been there for about 12 years. We planted it as a parachute drop, so there was nobody uh, that we knew when Kings Lynn when we got there. Church before that, we uh, planted that one too. That was uh, a mother and daughter one. We'll talk about what that all means in a minute or two. But we were coming out of another church uh, in a nearby town. And so we got a bit of experience of planting churches, a bit of experience of getting churches going. Spend a lot of my time helping uh, people start churches too and just uh, you know coaching people in that. So hopefully I can help you today uh, about how to get going. So, folks, how many of you are in the process of planting a church at the minute? Okay, good. That's one or two. Excellent. How many of you are in sort of church plants are already going? Yeah. How many of you are um, thinking about church planting? Cool. Phew! <laughs> good. So hopefully this will hit where, you, where you're at. So, um, I think um, when I first started planting churches um, about 20 years ago, New Frontiers, we, we had this wonderful, glorious set of values. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're looking to restore the church. Uh, we're coming out of the old wineskin. We're coming into the new wineskin. And so in the UK scene, uh, there was very much, so much room for, you know, there was lots of churches that weren't with our values. And so and many towns and cities didn't have churches that carry our values, carry you know, word and spirit and grace and all these things. And so there was lots of room to plant churches. And so you'd plant a church in a town and gather people that were lost to the church, people that had, um, uh, were desperate for something new. And it'd be quite easy to plant churches uh, that were not entirely missional because you know, we were restoring the church and we were gathering people and you think, wow, we're quite successful here gathering 50 people or you know, whatever it was to start off with with people that are already Christians and you think you're getting somewhere. I think the landscape's changed very definitely. Like There is so much choice in many of our cities, so much choice in many of our towns and, um, and also there is so much, uh, we're in the post-Christian era, aren't we? We're in a post-Christian culture where there isn't that kind of same background and so We've got to be missional right from the word go. We have got to be reaching the lost right from the word go and gathering from right from the word go. Um, and so I love it. You know, when you read the book of Acts, you know, they go into a town, they preach the gospel, they heal the sick, they cause a riot, and then they come back and appoint elders. And that's kind of more, apart from the riot bit probably, that's kind of more the model we need to be now, isn't it? Going in, we're preaching the gospel, we're healing the sick, and uh, we're appointing eldership as soon as we can. Yeah? Sounds good. Okay, so types of plants. Look, this is a seminar. So you've got to ask questions. Got to interrupt. Got to cause trouble. Bit of heckling. Bit of amen will be okay. Um, we'll do a bit of brainstorming. There's a flip chart there, so we'll have to use that in a moment or two. So this isn't a time to fall asleep, even though it's hot in here and has a slightly sewagey whiff, yeah? <laughs> it's an ambience in this room that's interesting. But anyway, types of plant. Let's have a look at it. It's a noisy intro. It is, and I've just realised I'm recording as well. <laughs> oh. <sighs> so, um, types of plant. Uh, go um, gospel plant. Now, this is one that... Uh, Steph's recently been talking about where couples move to a new area and rather than saying we're planting a church straight away, we're in a new area 
and we are uh, beginning to preach the gospel, we're beginning to reach people, and uh, we are hoping that something will emerge and something will explode from here. I think when you look at um, Priscilla and Aquila that uh, Morris was talking about last night, that's kind of very much where they were, weren't they? The evil Emperor Claudius um, kicks them out of Rome and they end up in Corinth or they end up in different places and they're just there making their tents and doing the gospel thing and seeing where it goes. So that's quite exciting. I think it's a new thing that that's, we're beginning to do more and more. Steph's talking about in London postcode plants where every postcode, every area, every borough of London, people are beginning to move and beginning to just share the gospel and share life with people and see what happens. So that's exciting. You talk about people here. The guys came to Malaga. It was like that very much at the start. Uh, then we got mother and daughter or strawberry runner. So when I was in, um, I was in St. Neots for a while, which is a small town in, in, in the UK, and there was a bunch of people coming down from 20 minutes away from St. Ives because they liked church life in the Open Door Church in St. Neots. It was, you know, carrying our values, very missional church, all that sort of thing. They're coming in. And so it's almost like a strawberry runner going out from St. Neots to St. Ives. It's a common way of planting churches in, um, in the UK uh, where there's already church thing where you go into the next town as a strawberry runner. Of course, there's supply lines, isn't there? Supply lines. People can come and help you. Uh, just like uh, along a strawberry plant as they plant out, there's, there, there's that connection back to the mother that can really help. Then there's... Um, oh, I've forgotten to put it on the PowerPoint. There's parachute drop. So when we planted from St. Ives into Kings Lynn, that's 55 miles away, there is nothing. We knew nobody, uh, we had nothing, we're 55 miles away, and so it's get a pioneer team together and parachute out of uh, St. Ives, land into Kings Lynn and go for it. A parachute job, we're gonna take a new area, we're gonna take a new town, move to a new city, move to a new country, we're gonna parachute drop in and go for it. Sometimes uh, they can be new sites, so uh, Norwich, uh, the church in Norwich, they, they have sites and they, and they kind of plant sites and hopefully eventually those become uh, church plants. Uh, a restart, just chatting with Clyde a minute or two ago. Churches that have, um, they want the new wineskin, but they haven't got it in a minute and they're willing to restart and we go for it again. We've got our eyes on a, a local town where, they're, where, they're, um, where it's a charismatic church, but the leadership are getting very old past retirement age and they've got no one to hand it on to and uh, yeah we're going to begin to build relationship with them uh, we've got some connections there and we might be able to restart that one uh, split so one of the largest church plants in Norfolk uh, in the in the last five ten years was actually a church split it was a Baptist church that was had a few people holding on to voting and holding on to stuff and uh, it's a church of 253 people I think it was and three of them stayed and the other 250 split off <laughs> to, to do a church plant. Occasionally it splits, isn't it? In the early days of New Frontiers, people got kicked out of churches, didn't we? We got kicked out because the spirits come. And so it was kind of like church split. Not the greatest foundation often for planting, but it is. And then unplanned pregnancies. Just stuff happens. People get saved in a new place and we can start a church. I'm, that was a prophecy about 10, 15 years ago, wasn't it? That there'd be unplanned pregnancies, that, that suddenly churches would get be birthed. So all very exciting, the different types of plants. We know um, that when you plant in a church, um, you want uh, three things. We want to end up with three things to see a viable church happen. We want an eldership team, plurality of elders leading the thing. Uh, we want a membership, Acts 2, they were saved and added 
so you know who's in the church, and there's a financial viability. So the kind of end goal of church planting in a place is to have a church that's got an eldership, it's got, um, got members in it, it's financially viable, and hopefully looking to plant elsewhere, and it's on a mission. That's what we're looking for. And along the way, to get there, uh, a Sunday service or a weekend service is, is a kind of uh, point along the destination. So, what's a Sunday service look like? What do you want in a Sunday service? What are people looking for? Worship. Worship. Kids work, yeah. Community. Yeah. Yeah. Did somebody say dance? Donuts. 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 Oh, goodness. We've gone vineyard, have we? <laughs> Good coffee. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. We're going, we're doing really well here. <laughs> Notices, do I have to write that down? Okay. Oh, goodness. Look, we, we, when people come to a church on a, Sunday, on a Sunday gathering, they're really expecting certain things. Like they're expecting a worship experience. They're expecting to worship. They're expecting to hear the word of God preached. They're expecting some ministry. And if they've got kids, that there's a kid's work, yeah? That's kind of an expectation of a, of a Sunday meeting, isn't it? I think from a Christian perspective, yes. 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 Come on then. That's the question. It is a. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So I hope, and that is about, because there was no ministry. Nobody said ministry. Oh, did you? It got lost in the coffee and donuts. Yeah, got lost in the coffee and donuts. Yeah. And so, go on. One of our things that is authenticity, I think something that people are really looking for. Yeah. Something which is authentic. Yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful, isn't it? It's really, really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There are those who just want to hide safely in a dark corner. Yes. Rather than the, you know, scared stiff. Yeah. 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 Different types. Yeah. And so in, 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 in how to get going, we're going into a new town, we're beginning to plant somewhere, we're looking as part of, part of our goal to get to a destination of church is that there's a Sunday experience, there's a weekend experience. I mean, whether it's a Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning or a Saturday afternoon, whatever it is, there is a church m- gathering together. It's not just a sort of small group setting, but we've got this sort of gathering. It's, part of the, it's one of the ways along the journey. And so... We're looking to get that. And so there's that expectation of all these things that you've got, that we've got to get going to be able to launch a service on a Sunday or a weekend. And, and there's different ways of getting to that. So the, I, we've done it both ways. So we did, um, 
in, uh, in St. Ives, we weren't gathering on a Sunday to start off. We were gathering in small groups, going to the mother church, and then had, a, had a, a kind of like monthly meeting until we got to where we could put on a Sunday, where we, could, where we had worship, where we could have ministry, where we could have, you know, there was preaching, there was the kids' work, there, there was the, the hope and ministry happening. We, we, we worked in small groups until we were ready to have that kind of gathering that was a viable gathering on a Sunday. Um, kind of a missional way of doing it. We used to call it um, inside out way of doing it, where you grow on the inside with the small groups and you begin to get all the things in place, ready to go on the outside. When we went to King's Lynn, um, we knew nobody in town and um, we, um, we decided to go the launch la- large kind of method. method. We'll have a go at launching large anyway. So we gathered a, a pioneer team to go and be there. We uh, made as much of a splash, which we'll talk about as we, in a minute, uh, that we're launching on Sundays to try and gather people to the Sunday straight away. Uh, with ministry and evangelism and all those sorts of things and, and launch straight away. So it's two, two different approaches. One is to take a slow approach to get to that kind of Sunday thing where you're growing organically with the small groups. The other one is to go into a town with a big bang. And I think partly it depends on your gifting. Partly it depends on your gifting because people come to anointing. And I think if you, like, I guess your approach would be going to a town, boom, have the meeting and you gather people to the meeting. Whereas if you, you know, when you're first starting out, maybe, uh, and preaching isn't maybe the primary gift that you've got, you can do the small group way and the missional way. One, uh, some of the literature I've read is that when you go launch large, you go into a town, make a big splash and go straight for the Sunday thing. It's like, almost like a microwave way of doing it, really quick. And then the missional way where it's growing slowly and organically is more like a slow cooker approach. Both work, it's about your gifting, it's about your calling, what the Lord's called you to do. Um, but I suspect actually the missional way, which is slower, actually long term is building deeper foundations right from the start because you're building missional foundations of let's reach the lost, let's reach people, let's grow organically, let's do the stuff. You're actually building the right values right at the start. Whereas that kind of, and I think often we, we see with um, some of the large churches going, planting into cities, it's this huge experience thing, isn't it? Yeah. Without the authenticity in the community and all these sorts of things. So I suspect that maybe we need to be doing more of the, the missional, slow cooker approach that's getting there with the gospel. Can I heckle? Please heckle. I love heckling. Heckle, heckle. It's going to be useless for the I'm recording. Mm. I just don't see the connection. I don't see yeah. that's a traditional Western yeah. British American model of yep. church. Yep. We try and do it in other countries and it's not necessarily no. the best way of doing things. And actually, if you look at all the things on that board, yep. worship, kids' work, yep. um, food, ministry, you probably can include preaching there. Yep. All things that suck a huge amount of resource. Yes. So I do it straight away from while you're actually there, which is the main cycles. Yeah. So why do we want to devote so much resource so early on to yeah. doing things that aren't making cycles? Yeah, yeah. It's good, isn't it? I guess... Go on. I'm thinking of myself, actually. Um, I guess the change is what people get, because yeah. if you get someone who comes into your small group and you have kids, yeah. and the kids are kind of at a point where they are kind of engaging, yeah. and suddenly you think, well, you do need kids' work, because they are... Engagement. You need to be talking. Well, we need some sort of intentional engagement with the kids rather than just sitting in the corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Go, oh, this is like, this is totally, wow, oh, look at this. The tape's going to be useless. Yeah. Yep. Lovely. Absolutely. Answer your question, I think, in a minute. Go on, Becca. I just think it's part of what Matt has said, whether it's the message or the message. Yeah, absolutely. No. Different groups will have different emphasis of values. My values on how we include children would be different to a lot of Absolutely, yeah. But I think what we have in a church service, yes. which is the gathered church, it's not the church, we are church. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. That's come out of how, um, like, responding uh, to need. Like, yeah. I've got kids, they need something, what do we do? Yeah. But now we put the message before, we don't yeah. evaluate anymore, what do we need, what's the message, what's yeah. the point? Okay, yeah. here's a method then, instead of just assuming a method. Love it. Before, and I think that's not, yeah. why are we assuming this method when that might not be the one for the context? Beautiful. No, that's really good. So I think the da- so that's going back to the danger of the launch large thing is that we are entertaining a large crowd of people that we've gathered together. And I think the organic kind of uh, small groups and reaching out and stuff is helpful. I think in answer to your question about why do we even have a service is that, is the, that it's about anointing and gifting as well. It's about feeding the company of people that you've got so they can get on with the mission. So, um, uh, so it's good to gather together for vision, it's good to gather together for uh, feeding and teaching and then send them back out on mission, so small groups organic. So I think 
for me, they're, they're, we do want eventually the service, the, the, the service, because it's a place where um, we gather everyone together. There's the anointing of preaching. There's that bigger sense of gathered together, the corporate thing together, and we send them out on mission. But it's not, as I think the danger is, if we go for that straight away, you're missing what we're really doing, which is reaching the lost and making disciples and all those things. You've got to have both, haven't you? Yeah. Can I share one little story? Please do. So, obviously we've been going for about seven years at our church. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point, we knew we were going to have to start to make some changes. And this summer, actually, just recently, very recently, we launched um, missional groups. Well, we had missional groups across the whole church anyway, so small groups, mm. um, which were very missional. But we had a problem with this kids. Yeah. And within weeks of starting that, the engagement of kids has skyrocketed. So the kids are, you can see them coming alive. Kids. And just this week, you know, a parent contacted me and said, you know, my daughter has just given her life to Christ over the dinner table. Come on. Another parent um, said that her, her son and daughter had, had both given their lives to Christ. Yeah. And they're talking around the dinner table at home. Um, about the Lord, and that, you know, yeah. there's been a real... One little girl ran over to us a couple of Sundays ago and said, oh, if I speak to my principal and get permission, can you two come in and speak to all my friends and students? Come on. <laughs> Yay, <laughs> wonderful. She's yeah. And, of course, we've got a cultural interplay here as well. Go on. Yeah. I absolutely agree with what you were saying. Yeah, absolutely. Even from the perspective of already having a, a gathering, a gathering can have momentum, mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're a church that sees a lot of people saved, but still the, the, the frustration within my heart is like, how do we now engage with even more lost people? Yeah. Yeah. Not just me on a Sunday standing up preaching the gospel. Yeah. I know I can get people saved from my Yeah, yeah. But actually, how now do we equip every yeah. believer to yeah. be effective in mission, break ground where they are? Yeah, and exactly. That's the big transition that we're on right now, and I think it's the same thing. It's not either or. At some point, I believe, you know, you will have a meeting. It's both. Yeah, yeah. But it's both, isn't it? Um, yeah, so one of the things I talked to a lot with church partners in the early days is they spend, so I say, look, you're bifurcational. How much time do you spend focused on the church plant? Oh, well, I can, you know, say it's 10 hours. How much of that time do you focus on, on getting ready for Sunday? And I've had two church partners recently, eight out of those 10 hours. Stop it! Stop it! You got it the wrong way round, completely. You know, don't it, it, nick the sermon. Yeah. Did I say that out loud? Yeah, you know, steal the sermon. Don't spend eight hours preparing a sermon for ten people. Spend eight hours going and meeting people and sharing the gospel with people. I do think it's quick. I do think it's about a means to an end. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Service is a means to that. It's not the end itself. If you make that the end, then it loses what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Whereas if it's just a means to the end of his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, then it's a tool. We're gathering. 
Yeah, we're gathering people to worship, get the vision, you know, get some teaching and feeding and ministry to get out there and get on with the mission. Yeah? Yeah, you're all right. Heck of the way. It's more fun. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've got a room full of Christians that have been looking for a church. Yeah. We're not here to pastor people that haven't been able to find a good church. Yeah. We're here to reach the Spanish people. Yeah. So we don't want to spend time meetings to pastor yeah. people that have got lots of baggage, lots of issues, probably floated around lots of other churches for years and years. Yeah, yeah. We want to reach the lost. Absolutely. So that's why we're going to keep quiet about it. And what we're, our plan is just to start gathering people that we know are open into a coffee bar. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Just have food, gossip the gospel with them, and then just see what God does. Yeah. Just keep it as small as long as we can. And yeah. Community, community, community. So, interesting thing I think from Malaga was two years ago, we really, we really connected at this steak restaurant with these Argentinian folks. Yeah, prayed for them and Clyde's sharing the gospel with, with Google Translate, which is just a joy to watch. Um, <laughs> you know, and we went back and they remembered us and we prayed for them again last night, didn't we? And, but two years ago, we had nothing to give them to, to say, hey, there is a gathering that come together. And, and yesterday, we did, because you got the leaflet. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But it, yeah, it's... I think it's contact points. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. People that we're trying to gather. So there's um, five types of people that will end up in your church plant. So there's the pioneering team that you managed to gather. We'll talk about getting a pioneering team in a minute. There is, I really want to gather, and this is in order of kind of importance. The first thing is you've got to gather a team to go with you. You need a pioneering team. Second one, unsaved. Man, we're here for the lost. Yeah. Right? We're not here for the disgruntled, as you say, the disgruntled, bored Christians. We're, we're here for the lost. So number two is, is unsaved. Thirdly is, lost to the, is the lost to the church. So there are people that have been, um, uh, lo- uh, you know, they're, they're in the area that they're in, there is no live witness. You know, there's 250,000 towns, villages and cities in Northern Europe, and I know we're in Southern Europe now, in Northern Europe that don't have any evangelical witness whatsoever. And there will be people that, haven't been able to gather people together. So there will be people lost to the church. Um, the first person I met in St. Ives, we had an estate agent, and um, the estate, when we were trying to find a house, and the estate agent, um, he asked us why we were coming, and I just shared a little bit. And then he started using terms that were churchy terms. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So we got talking to him, and uh, they, they, they were lost to the church. They, they'd just not, you know, got into a church because there was nothing live in the area. He's now one of the elders in that church. First person we spoke to. Um, the, ne- the next one that you grab quite easily is move to the area. So our church at the minute, we are very, very multinational church in an area that is predominantly white and English. Uh, we've got 30 nations in the church because we, anyone that moves to the area, we just gather them with food. Um, wrote a book about it, uh, Friends, Food and the Gospel. But we just gather people with food and share the gospel with them. And uh, so people move into the area are really easy to grab. Because often when people move, they're questioning things anyway. It's all new start. They're lonely. You grab them in, friendship, eat lots of food and share the gospel with them. So move into the area. And then lastly, you gather people moving to the church, which I'm not, uh, moving churches, which I'm not the slightest bit interested in, but it happens. You know, people will move church to come and join your thing if you're the new thing and it's an area where there are people in churches. But 
Gather your team, we'll talk about that in a minute. We're looking for the lost always, there's other seminars about that. We're looking to share the gospel all the time, uh, talk to people about Jesus all the time, looking to gather those that are lost to the church and those moving to the area. So first thing is recruit your dream, your core pioneering team. Who do you want in your church plant? Who do you need as your team in there? Get a list, do a list of who do we need. If you're going for the, the you know, to get to the Sunday thing, you need a worship leader, you need somebody that can, um, uh, you know, help with the kids. You might need somebody that can organise it if you're disorganised. You know, you'd think of your dream team of who you'd like to be part of what you're doing. Evangelist. Get an evangelist in there. Get people in there that can disciple people in there. Think of your, your wish list. There's a term called, um, so I've got to give you something new that you've never heard of before, ethnographics. Have you heard of ethnographics? So demographics is the really boring thing where you look at the population of the town. You go, you, you go on the council website and you find out the population of the area and how many old people there are and all that sort of thing. Ethnographics is what Paul did in Acts 18 when he went to Athens. And he goes around the town and he sees all these different statues to gods and he realises that the people there... Uh, he's not looking at the demographics, he's looking at the feel of the place. They're very religious, they're into all these things. And then he finds one to the unknown God, and that's the hook to get the gospel in. Sociologists call that ethnographics. It's where you look around the feel of the town. So when we got to Kings Lynn, I walked around the town and I saw seven, this is a town of 48,000 people, seven Eastern European supermarkets. There's a big population of Eastern Europe. Walk down the high street, listening to the languages being spoken. Lithuanian everywhere. Russian everywhere. So I'm thinking, ah, we need Russians on the team. So part of my dream team, need some Russian speakers or Lithuanian speakers. We learned something uh, at the thought. We thought we'll go for Russian speakers because actually all of the Eastern European countries speak Russian as well as the other language. What we learned very quickly is all the Eastern European countries hate Russians <laughs> and, and Russian. Um, <laughs> don't! Uh, so, <laughs> so we learned something quite quickly. Um, so, you know, we kind of did that ethnographic thing. We're looking around. We see that there's lots of Eastern Europeans. We see the de deprivation in the area. We see that, you know, food bank's going to be important, that sort of thing. We're looking around and getting a feel for the area. But then you're recruiting your dean team. And um, one of the things with church planting is that uh, people think they need a big word from the Lord to go church planting. We have a word from the Lord, go and make disciples. Um, Acts 18 again, if you look at how Corinth got planted, big church, massive church, highly decadent city, really tough city to plant in, not one of them had a prophetic encounter to get there. Paul just turned up, uh, Priscilla and Aquila were booted out of Rome by an evil emperor and so became um, economic migrants and just happened to turn up and they were tent makers and Paul met them. Um, Silas and Timothy were Paul's mates, and so Paul says, hey, Silas and Timothy, come and join us. Come and get there. And when they get there, Paul can change speed of the church plant. When the team had arrived, you suddenly notice in Acts 18 that it was quite, he was just talking on a, in the synagogue. And then suddenly, as, as his team arrived, he's able to up the pace. So invite people. Ask people to come. So Saint, when we planted from St. Ives to King's Lynn, I went up to one of the couples in the church and said, can I meet you for coffee? And they said, is that because you're going to ask us to come church planting with you in King's Lynn? Oh, you've stolen my thunder. Yes! <laughs> but go and find your dream team. Write a list of who you want. Go and find them. So we, um, prayer meetings at other churches, 
to grab people. So we went to Bedford, back to a big church, Woodside, did a, did, led the prayer meeting. Of course, I know that when I lead a prayer meeting, I'm actually asking people to come. I've got my pitch uh, for getting people to come. We gathered couples to come and be on the team and be part of the pioneering team there. Uh, past contacts. Went through everyone that I'd worked with at Stony Bible Week and people that we prayed for that were kids that were now, you know, just went through everyone. All the old contacts that we had, people that we discipled in the past, uh, old youth group, um, just everyone. And what you need is, is, is a vision, um, a vision for what you're doing that's really clear, really easy to explain. You don't need to make a video with the God of the city. There was about 10 years ago, everyone was making church planting videos, and they always had that song, God of this city, even if you're planting in a village. Um, you need to be able to articulate your vision for what you want to do and what you're doing. You need to be able to do it in 30 seconds. You need to be able to do it in three minutes, and you need to be able to do it in 30 minutes. So when you get to go to preach at another church, you need to you know, be able to do, do, do a vision or a prayer meeting at another church for 30 minutes. But you need to have that kind of elevator pitch. You know the, the thing when you get in a, a lift with someone and you've got 30 seconds to, to tell them what you're doing before their eyes glaze over. And if their eyes don't glaze over, you can go to the longer one. Get your vision. Get ready to, to share your vision. So when we arrived in Kings Lynn, I'm in Tesco's and I go up to the cashier and I tell her that we've just moved to the area. Why have you just moved to the area? We're starting a church. And I just explained for a few seconds what that meant. And, and yeah, she listened and then glazed over. But we do it all the time. Talking to people all the time. So get your vision articulate. 30 seconds, three minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is. Get, get a way that you can share the gospel. All right? Find the way that is you, that you can share the gospel with people. I'm using the, the three circles at the minute, uh, you know, and, and, and able to share the gospel with people uh, that way. And just talk to people all the time. Don't spend all your time sat behind a desk preparing a sermon. Get out there and just talk to people about what you're doing. Gather people. Love on them. Go and join a club. We joined a running club. Seen our first convicts come through uh, into the church. Get really kind of, you know, chatting to everyone. Then, okay, so I'm sorry, we're going to go Sundays a bit. Uh, we're getting there. So, you know, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, you know, if you're going for a Sunday, Sunday launch, that you, you pick, a, pick a date that is when you're going to launch the church. Now, we've found in the UK... Can I ask about team, team? Yeah, please do. Just um, in terms of that, um, two things, international... Yeah. Yeah. And secondly, if we want to build a church as a family, yep. and we're gathering people that we might have a connection to, but not necessarily a close family connection yep. to, like, um, I guess maybe you take some time to just like get to know them again a bit more, or yep. like not to be overcritical of what you're sharing. Here, so that sounded more like starting a new business, yep. starting a new family. Okay. So here's how we did it. Yeah. So we had, um, so, um, we had uh, a couple of uh, come to the town and have a look at the town kind of days that we organised. So um, people came and we shared the vision. Uh, we had a quiz, we had a tour. Uh, we got somebody in from the town to talk about. So that, those sorts of things. But we just spent loads of time eating and drinking and eating a bit more and building family that way. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, just sharing your heart and connecting and, and eating. Did I say eating? Yeah. Yeah, eating. Yeah, I guess you're being intentional, like you're there because you want to see people saved and you're yeah. in the family. Yeah. It's just not, it's 
it would be weird if you were kind of hiding that. But I don't know, like, I guess the, the challenge that I've had as well is like sometimes things can feel like, for me personally, within relational mission, overly functional. And you're like, well, are we just, are we actually relational? Like, or, yeah. or am I just here because you want me to play the guitar or you want me to organise your finances or something? Goodness. Which, like, you know, like, in the model that you've described there, yeah. like, I want my dream team, I want you because of your function. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's horrific. No, it's all about friends on mission together. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that so attracted me to relate, I've got to be careful because we're two streams now, aren't we? Uh, in three streams, was, was the fact that it was highly relational and that it wasn't just about meetings that, that you know, you'd have the kind of elders gatherings on the Thursday and then we'd go out for lunch afterwards. Yeah, it's got to be highly relational. If you, it, um, I mean, we eat all the time, basically. Yeah and just spend time together eating all the time. Pizza. Yeah, cooking, but I've got pizza on the arm. So we have, we, we'll, we'll have 50 people around for pizza and we mix Christians and non-Christians together and just trust the Holy Spirit to do some stuff. Yeah, yeah, so, so yeah, the book's my heart, yeah? All right, so it's a dream team, but the book's the heart. Is the, it's, it's friendship, it's being together, it's loving one another. And, and, and you're recognizing people's gifting and, 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 and going for it. So my worship leader, uh, 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 in um, Kings Lynn now, um, the main guy, he was um, nobody else. Um, nobody else had really discipled him, and we just like, mate, I believe in you, buddy. I think you can do this, and now he's flourishing. So, but he's part of my dream team. Yeah, it's good. Because I believed in him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. They've been hurt by church. Yeah. And then the, the, the cost of that is they, they're scared to bring their gifts to the table. Absolutely. Because they're like, well, people just want to walk all over me and use my gifts. Yeah, yeah. But what you're saying actually is so important because actually we don't bring glory to God when we don't use our gifts. Yeah, yeah, completely. So if I don't use my gift of communication, then I'm not going to bring glory to God in my life yeah. in the way that I could. Yeah. But then if all as I am is someone who communicates, yeah. people will use me for that, then the cost of that is I lose my own peace and joy and yeah. everything else. Yeah. So I think, you know, we have to be careful because in this generation, I think there's this high emphasis on relationship a lot, but it's not real relationship anyway. No. Yeah. A lot of it is, is like we want more relationship. Well, okay, well, what do you want then? Eyeball to eyeball accountability is what we actually yeah, need. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think when you're talking about the, I mean, I don't know whether you use the term the dream team. Yeah. But, you know, I think what you're really saying is that those people are feeling called. Yeah. They feel that you're giving them an opportunity. Absolutely. To, to, to flourish. Yeah. Whether they feel a call to what you're doing. Yeah. Because yeah. they're going to leave their context. Yeah. And come and join us. Yeah, we will do you That's good. Important. Yeah, come and join us. We'll do you good. Yeah. We'll do you good. <laughs> Numbers six something, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, but it's like just, can I just say yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remembered uh, Steph Lisson's word where he said, ease is not the part of the package. No. And we're going to have lots to give. We've got the capacity. God's given us this capacity. And we do it according to the 
Yeah. It has to be that God's given you, but you can also go back a bit and say, God, I want to rest in you and receive more. Yeah. It's how we receive from God that we give, don't we? Yeah. And you are going to get both now. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, it's dying to self. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah 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 so we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna eat and enjoy the journey and stuff but it's gonna be really costly yeah i'm asking you can you sell your house and come with us into a church where we, you know there's only a few of us and there's no big kids work for your kids and so you know come it's gonna be difficult but we're gonna have fun together and be blessed Yeah. Go on. It's very different in terms of understanding. I agree with all the points. It's all if we lose sight of the fact that we are doing this in Jesus. Yes. It becomes for us chore and yeah. he's asking too much of me and I don't yeah. get enough yeah. of yeah. I'm not yeah. doing it. We just go away with the yeah. ourselves. We're doing it again. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and like the first nine months are like a rocket launch. Steve Nicholson from Vineyard used to say, it's like a rocket launch the first nine months. You know, all the energy to ro- launch a rocket into orbit, and then it's, it's, you know, it's easier once it's in orbit before it goes off to where it's going to go. You know, there's a lot of energy, and so you're calling people, like, we're mates together, we're going to enjoy the journey together, but we, we are going to have a rocket ride here where we're going to expend a lot of energy. Um, let me talk about a few sort of practical stuff, because it was meant to be a practical seminar. Um, <laughs> Getting the values, you know, we've got the dream team and, and we're loving one another and it's all on mission together, all that, with all those caveats that we've talked about so far. Um, pick a launch date. We always go for um, a time that is going to maximise people's attendance. So um, what, what I've learned is that, f- you know, this is for Sundays. So um, folks go away on holiday, don't they? And so um, people without kids go on holiday in June or September when it's still hot but cheap. People with kids have to go on holiday in August. Yeah, and so we kind of, you don't want to be launching a church just before the summer. You want to be launching it in February or in kind of October when the maximum number of people are around for the maximum amount of time. Um, if you look, this is Sunday launch, when I say church, launch a church, sorry. I can't carry out, I haven't got the energy for it, but you know what I mean? Um, so things like, things to think through with your team, the name of the church. Like, you know, in, in the town where I was before, there was an Ebenezer Strict and Peculiar Chapel. Right? What does that say to the lost, other than you're weird? Okay? Um, so-and-so family church, but I haven't got a family, and that means it's all about kids. City church in a small town. I, I, you, know, you might have a vision that we are a city on the hill, but calling it little... little uh, there's a town near us called Little Snoring. Uh, little Snoring City Church is not going to work for the, lo- unlo- for the lost, is it? So, you know, go for a name that works for folks. Um, get a logo, get a website. Every single person that comes through the door eventually has looked at the website. Every single one of them. So get a, get a website, get a domain name, whatever it is. Put images on there, words that convey who you are. Um, uh, publicity, the four W's. Who? What, where, when, all right? So much publicity doesn't have that. So as I was driving here, there's, there's an advertisement for an event uh, as I'm driving to the airport, and I'm, so I'm driving, so you can only see big text. It was in small print. Everything that was important, like the what, where, when, was, was in small print. You couldn't read it, all right? So anything that you have, make sure you're obeying the four Ws. Uh, on a website, one call to action. Join our mailing list. 
come on Sunday, whatever it is, one call to action, make it really clear what's going on. Um, advertising. Here's what I've learned. Facebook, ruthlessly targeted. I mean, like the most ruthlessly targeted scary thing ever. They know everything about you. Do not advertise a church on Facebook because it will only be shown to people already going to a church, the people that you don't want. So Facebook is useless for that. Facebook's great for advertising products, but not, hey, try out a church or try out, you know, come and find out about Jesus because Facebook will not target the people that you're looking for, the lost. Yeah, the, the ones that are hungry and hurting. If you're going to advertise, go for Google, um, Google um, AdWords. Uh, we found in a small town, Google, they make you set a budget of £30 a month for a pound a day. You're in a small town, it will cost you about £4 a month. But basically, anyone looking for a church or for Jesus will find you and you'll be at the top. So we do that. We advertise on Google and we use words that are, and adverts that are, you know, you find, want to find out about Jesus, come and try us. Yeah, those sorts of words. So we're looking for the lost on it. And the advantage of Google is, of course, if they're searching for a church or they're searching to find out about Jesus, they will find your advert. So don't bother with Facebook for advertising, paying for it, because you're wasting your money. You are targeting people that have already got, got a church. It's not what you're after. Google will help you target people that are looking for you. Go on. Yeah. Um, trying to design on our bits of website. Yeah. Trying to, you know, do actually, um, there's people out there that yeah. you, you ask them to do it, and they'll yeah. say, oh, yeah, I don't want to do it. Oh, we need to do that, that, and that. Mm. Yep. And actually, we're talking about that limited 10 hours a week or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't waste it doing so. Focus on what you're really good at, and don't try and be really good. Suddenly, because you can't fit church, you're now suddenly a, a web designer. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, get him to do it. And, and yeah, the legal, the legal yeah. aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, pick those things off the shelf. Yeah. So you can easily pick yeah, yeah. Definitely. Come on, we, when we relaunched our church about six years ago, we, we spent a lot of money on a website. We thought it was a lot of money at the time. But it's absolutely been a blessing. Yeah. Because ultimately, anyone who moves into Medway uh, it, it, from outside, that they see the website and they've been really drawn to it. It was a really good, you know, functional website with yeah. lots, of, lots of colour and lots of stuff. Yeah. But it was worth the investment because it really, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, that, so it's a really good blessing. Maximise it. If you've got 10 hours a week, maximise it on meeting people and connecting with people. Get other people to do those sorts of jobs. Social media, them maestros over there. Um, Facebook, I th I, what I'm hearing from my kids is that everyone's got Facebook. Well, I've, I've done 95% of people that are online are on Facebook, but it's the over 30s that actually use it um, for posting stuff. The under 30s just, I don't know, have it, but don't use it. Instagram, lots of under 30s use it. Twitter, uh, it's church leaders that look at that. So if you're posting stuff about your church part on Twitter, the only people that are going to read it are church leaders, so it's pointless. Facebook is pretty good. I did some experiments on Facebook um, for uh, connecting with people. So I did a series of different posts. And the thing about Facebook, all these social media things, is they have complex algorithms, and they only show stuff to people that are interacting with you, and they only show stuff that keeps them on the platform. So Facebook, if you post links to something else, no one will see it. All right. If you post on Facebook images or a short little video or talk to Facebook uh, on live, loads of people will see it and interact with it. So if you're going to maximise Facebook, 
you know, film yourself walking along talking about the church plant, which is what you do all the time. Uh, and loads and loads of people will see it, people will share it. We um, take pictures of the community that we're doing, okay, and tag people. So we've got, obviously got permission from my mates. So all the pizza parties that we have, I mean, if you look at my, everyone think, well, if you look at my Facebook feed, everyone thinks that all I do is go to parties, <laughs> which is basically all I do. Um, <laughs> And we tag everybody, and people are really nosy. So they'll, you know, so that we've grown the church with with albums on Facebook of parties, because people see the community, they want to be part of it, they get to be part of it, and they get to hear the gospel. That's what we do. All right. Um, Facebook likes mean nothing. Facebook likes mean nothing. So put up an event, and somebody likes it. That doesn't mean they're going to come. So, you know, maximise your 10 hours a week or whatever you've got on connecting with people face-to-face if you can. Flyers, the Malaga thing, you know? This year, we've got flyers to give out. I know we've been restricted to one. I got special permission for Clyde to have 20. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to have a competition, aren't we? You're already winning. Um, You know, get something that you can put in people's hands that that invites them to whatever community you've got. So we now use, uh, I prefer business cards business card size because you can have them in your wallet and, and give them out so that's what we use there's a website called canva.com which is really simple canva c-a-n-v-a.com if you're a non-profit you get it free and that's where we designed that simple easy and then you can print it wherever you want um, so have something early days that will invite people to whatever you're doing whatever community you do have and then just keep them in your wallet give them to everybody connect with people give them something i know malaga's face-to-face culture that's what um martin said yesterday isn't it but still something then go away with saying come to our thing come to our community that we've got venue it's okay to be nomadic it's all right to move around because each time you move you can launch again we um uh easy to find parking and clean. So our first venue in Kings Lynn wasn't easy to find, stunk of chips, and the toilets were even worse, and um, was not particularly clean. So it was a hopeless venue. So we moved to somewhere that was a bit more obvious to find. In the, in the UK, uh, schools, pretty cool. Uh, that's impossible in places like Sweden where you're not allowed to school, use schools. But find a venue that's nice, that's easy to find, that people know when you're going to go for your Sunday gathering. Kit, you can have that. Yes. Sorry, I'm on, on kit as well. Actually. Yes, kit. Again, just learning from mistakes. Yep. Is, yep. Um, is we, I found that what, what, I, what I was trying to do was replicate my big church Sunday. Don't do it. And, and I, I realised that what we had to do was keep it very simple. So, um, You've just taken my point. Right? Yes. So, Yes. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Really stupid. Yeah. Yes. So, first church plant we had, we had a guy in in that would that had been gathered to us that liked doing PA. So he spent a lot of money on kit that takes forever to put up um, and of course when you're putting up kit and it's and connecting wires and stuff you're not talking to people 
talking to people is more important. Yep. So we then bought a Yamaha stage pass thing that's basically a box and you turn it on and plug a microphone in. Really simple. And it, we used that up until, although we added other bits to it, we used that up until we were about 100 strong. So you don't need to spend loads of money. Just uh, set it up as quick as you can because you want to talk to people. Make sure, um, uh, so visitors, when people are coming in, uh, nicest people on the door. Not the weird people. The nicest, friendliest people. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Here's a, here's a really challenging thing, right? I actually think the welcome team is one of the most important teams in the church. The people, yeah, the most important. So no weird people on the welcome team. People that can smile, people with emotional intelligence that know whether to hug or not. So we had this guy who was really nice, but he was a hugger. And, 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 and he hugged a Trinidadian lady who then walked in with like, all right, you need people with some emotional intelligence who can, you know, who are just gonna smile and greet people and just be able to gauge what level uh, um, to be at. Um, so I've got a website called churchadminplugin.com. On there is a welcome audit. So work out when, you've, when you go in, how welcoming you are. And on that, there's a PDF thing on, on a welcome audit. I don't know time to, or space in my case to bring it with us. But, um, you know, good signage, uh, easy to find. You know, make sure you've got banners on the way in, so that we're, nice and simple, quick ones, but A-frames on the way in, so people can see where to go. Cut, check out your venue with the eyes of a visitor. Like, are people gonna find this? I've been to so many church plants where like, I couldn't find the door. Like, for goodness sake, make it easy for people. Don't make me think, all right? Make it really easy to find where your gathering is, how to get into the gathering. Um, go on. Okay. Church Publicity Organisation. Awesome. Oh, that's cool. CPO, Christian Publicity Organisation. .org.uk. Yes, don't use the word next, say the date, because next Sunday is really confusing. Um, pudding, Spanish person thought that that meant salad in our church. It's weird. So yeah, just be really clear with people what things mean. We have so many bringing starters. Yeah. Starters, well, starters and puddings. Yeah. He thought it was canapes. He was very Ooh, he was proper posh, okay. Yeah, oh wow. So, right, so here's some key stuff. I, I, so if people, if you've got a Sunday, if you launch on Sunday and people are coming and visitors are coming in, I want to get their name and address and I want to visit them. Is what I want. That's what I really want. And, and so anybody that I visit will come back, usually. There's not many people that I've visited that don't come back. And the, the thing that we're doing is, is you're looking to have as many visitors as possible and as many of them to come back. And so I try and visit everybody that I can. Um, so a quick story, in St. Ives, there was this really weird bloke that turned up with his family and I thought, I don't want to visit him because he's really weird. And Tony Thompson, who was coaching me at the time, said, if Andy Moyle doesn't visit the weird person, Andy Moyle will get a different church than the one that Jesus wants. So I went, all right, went and visited this bloke, had an amazing time, even though he's weird. The next Sunday he comes back and puts 5,000 pounds in the offering. 
and then has funded the church pretty much ever, that particular church ever since. If I hadn't visited him, <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Not that we're reliant, yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, he does now. Yeah, 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 he does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he knew he was weird. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, visit everybody. Meet them for coffee. Look, I'm just going to pop around for half an hour, have coffee with you, just share the vision. You know, let's share heart and find out where, you, you know, let's talk and make friends. So I'm connecting with absolutely everybody I can. So how do you get a name and address out of people? We used to use a visitor's book. Obviously, with GDPR, you can see other people's addresses on it and the visitors. GDPR. Um, it's a European thing, data protection. So I don't do that anymore. We now have a little postcard on a clipboard. And what you need is a sweet little old lady. Because sweet little old ladies can get names and addresses out of people really easy. Um, just like, you're, again, you're really friendly people. Look, we, and they'll ask, and we just say, we just want to pop around and see you. Pop around and visit you and share the vision. Um, the statistics on it are that if you go within, uh, within two days, 85% of them will come back. If you go within 72 hours, 60% will return. If you make it seven days later, 15% will return. Uh, if it's the pastor making the call, uh, it's half as much as a layperson. So just visit people, chat, meet them, share the vision, um, and have a process for it. Okay, we've got about nine minutes. Can I throw loads of tips at you and you can interrupt and give questions? Yeah, sounds good. Does that sound good? So here we go. Um, if you've got a gathering, always act like they're visitors there, even if they're on. Yeah. So I always act and, and say, hi, my name's Andy. You know, this is, I'm part of the leadership team here. Act like there's no, no visitors. Uh, sorry, act like there's always visitors, even if there aren't any. Um, always introduce yourself, explain where things are, the toilets and all that sort of stuff. Makes visitors welcome, sets the tone. Never reference numbers. Absolutely. Never. It's like, um, you know, oh, there's not many here today. Uh, or, or, or acting like it's revival because there's more people here today. I never reference numbers. We focus on Jesus, not the numbers. And, and actually, it's only you that's worried about the numbers. Anyway, nobody else is. So, yeah? So, never, ever reference the numbers. Uh, focus on Jesus no matter how many people turn up. Uh, be prepared. So, um, I've got a great guy alongside me now. He is rubbish at notices because he never fully prepares the notices never knows what he's saying, always gets it wrong and somebody always has to interrupt him. Just be prepared. Don't wing it. Um, don't wing the welcome. Um, uh, I don't know why I put this one down, but I, always, I actually think reading from, a, reading from the Bible is, like, is better than reading from a phone, the Bible. Uh, it's not as cool as you think it is. I don't know why, but just it's a silly little one. Um, we stop. Don't sing happy birthday. Because newcomers don't know the person. You'll always forget somebody. And it'll be the one that gets really upset. So don't do happy birthday on a Sunday gathering. Uh, alienates newcomers. They're not part of it. Makes you look inward looking. All those sorts of things. Everything we do, we're welcoming. We want to be just super welcoming. Um, communicate whoever's involved with doing up stuff, upfront stuff. So often we'll have. So worship leaders, when they first start out, they like mega prepared usually aren't they? And they are, and, and, and so if the host prays and reads a scripture and the worship leaders thought about what they're doing and they've got a scripture and then read a scripture, you know, it just gets like, just communicate. The host, the worship leader, all those sorts of things. And preachers should all know what they're trying to do. Explain as you go. So, you know, people that, we want people that are new to church, never been to church before. I always explain. If somebody brings a tongue, 
you know, I'll just say, hey, okay, in the Bible it talks about these different gifts and you can, you know, God gives a gift of somebody speaking out in a different language and they just run out of English words or Spanish <coughs> words or whatever and uh, we're just going to wait a while to see if God gives somebody else what that means. And just explain it every time. Explain everything. Uh, what's going on? Uh, the offering, the kids were, where and when. Just assume there's visitors and there's people that don't understand stuff. If somebody starts doing a weird manifestation, just explain it. Cool. People are cool with it. As long as it's explained, they're cool. Because they're wanting the, they're coming to experience something. They're looking to see God at work and stuff. And so, you know, just explain the weird stuff. It's okay. Uh, don't dial down the weird stuff. So there is a thing in some parts of New Frontiers where to, to, that they dial down the, there's parts that dial down the gifts to make it seeker friendly. People want God. They want, to they want to encounter God. So we want to, you know, let, let all that, you know, we'll be word. We're word and spirit. But just explain it if weird stuff happens. So we're in a ministry time and somebody starts manifesting a demon very noisily at the front. Just explain. Okay, this is a little bit weird, folks, but don't worry about it. God's doing something here. We're just going to move them over to the side and, and carry on. Once people have had it explained, it's fine. Um, make room for God. Start on time, finish on time. Visitors come early. This is one thing about visitors, they come really early. So you know when you're no longer a, a, a beginner church plant, you're more, you've got an established church when people start coming late. Tell your core team, get there early because you need to talk to visitors. I don't, I'm really naughty. I don't be part of the prayer meeting before the service because I want to talk to visitors. Or I shut the prayer meeting down a quarter of an hour before we're there because I want to talk to visitors. It's really important. Um, good refreshments. No crap coffee. We love people. Don't serve crap coffee. Uh, or do that thing where if you're a visitor, you get nice coffee and everyone else doesn't. What? What? Um, spend time with people, not wires. Did I say that already? Um, grab a renter crowd. So Mal uh, Malmo at the minute, they need um, folks to help with worship. So we're renter crowding it, giving them help with that. Sweden had a, Stockholm had a season where they needed help. So people fly in just to lead worship for the gathering and really help them and, and they're, they're taking off because of it. Um, seats. Um, you need some empty seats because it makes you look like you're growing and you're hungry for growth and that if somebody walks in and they've got to look for a seat. So like this morning's meeting, there was tons of you at the back that had come late when it, when it Clyde. Yeah, and, and it didn't look like there was enough seats. And so I, I went straight out to Mark and I said, Mark, we need more seats. We had enough seats for last night. Yes, but now it looks like we haven't got enough seats and there's people, you know, you need some seats for visitors, but not hundreds, yeah? So you want, um, uh, yeah. Train your core. How to engage in worship. How to listen to a sermon. How to be welcoming. So you don't say, hi, are you new here? I'll say, hi, my name's Andy. What's your name? Yeah, just train people how to do it because they're not very good at it. And, um, you know, as you grow, you'll get this stage where somebody will say, hi, are you new here? No, I've been coming for three months. Nice, well done. <laughs> Songs. If you're... Um, you know, if you get to this thing with the projectionist thing, you know, train them well so they can do it and catch up and do it quickly. 
Um, you know, there was a song today, wasn't there? It was a great song today, but the thing didn't work. And you could see the worship leader, and he was like, okay, everyone's dialed out, what's going on? Oh, right, it's not on the screen. You know, so train them to do that bit well. Um, chill and have a laugh. Somebody's already referenced Colin Barron's quote. So I remember it from a church planting years ago. When things go well, that's cool. When things don't go well, just go out for a beer. Because it won't always go well. There will be disasters. And every time we gather today, we say, uh, every time we gather, we say, come back next week because we'll be looking at. So you're always inviting people to come to the next thing. Any questions? There's been hundreds. Yep. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we always give that opportunity. And not to be using terminology that someone outside yeah. our church or, or outside the church understands. It's something to screen that we, you know, it's a shortening of something and then we can what that Yeah. Okay. So the other thing that, that you'll get with church part, in, in, certainly in areas where there's lots of churches, is you get the big fish, somebody wanting to be a big fish in a little pond. So you'll get people coming in who want to be, on, yeah, they, you're a little pond and they think they can come and dominate. And I usually invite them to check out the other churches um, in the area. Um, because they, you know, they float around and they are a pain and will be a pain. So be very wary of anyone that comes and, and tells you what their gift is within the second sentence. A bit like vegans always tell you they're a vegan, don't they, within the second sentence? <laughs> Bless them. That brought straight to mind one particular lady who caused a huge amount yeah. of damage in it. Yeah. And um, the guy who was leaving that church um, at the time we were, we were uh, working with, he said he was, one of his roles was very much a doorkeeper yeah. in terms of welcome. Yeah. Um, and that, and was, was especially young, small church where you would get these disaffected, yeah. oddballs around. Yeah. Yeah. And he saw himself very much as a doorkeeper. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then you'll get other people that are very, very, very screwed up uh, that will come. And you've got to kind of, I don't want to go on the tape for this bit, but yeah, you need to be a little bit careful that sometimes people can suck all the energy, especially in a small church plant, you can have people that will suck all the energy out. And it may be that you need to say to them, look, we don't, I don't think at the moment that we can serve you and help you with your needs at the moment. Here's another you know, ministry that might better help you better than we can at the minute. Because otherwise what happens is you get totally focused with this one person and totally draining, whereas another ministry can really help them. And yeah, I'm saying that carefully. Always welcome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, when people come from another church, I always make sure they've left well. So I have sent people back to go and leave properly. And actually, one person did end up joining us having done that. But yeah, no, I don't. Because otherwise, what happens is they'll leave you in six months just with the same hump that they've got with the previous church. Yeah. Cool. John. Can I just say if anybody is thinking of having a church and they've got any questions around 
Yeah. Awesome. That was two things I was going to do at the end here. So, John, one, see John Kesky if you need money or you want help with money and stewardship and all that sort of thing. The other thing is shameless plug, right? We're seeing people saved. And what I'm finding is lots of people that are getting saved at the minute aren't particularly booky. So, and the whole thing about us with Christian World is that we, we're quite, we're people of the book, aren't we? But when people first start out, a lot of them aren't really booky. And so, you know, I never see my kids with a book in their hand, it's terrible. But they've always got the screen in their hands, you know? And so we were very frustrated with new Christian material for discipleship because it was either big books or it felt like school fill in the blanks kind of stuff. And so we wanted to develop some material that can help people in their early journey of Christianity. And so we came up with this um, thing called 42, which is 42 days of uh, kind of a reading, bit of scripture, a bit of understanding on, 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 on the initial things of the faith. Um, and the idea of it is, is that people do that, but they're disciples, so they're in a, in a group. So you read in and meet up once a week for coffee with somebody, pray it through, talk it through, ask the questions and things like that. But because not everyone's booking, so it's only a small book, but because not everyone's booking, we've put it on an app with videos. I don't know where I've put my phone, um, but we've got an app that's available now so that they can, they can read, because they'll read the same amount of material on an app that they, they won't do in a book. So we've got it on, on an app with videos and stuff as well. So um, love you to check it out. It's in the other room. It's a book. It, the book's quite cheap. The app's free. Um, it's 40-2.online if you want to check out the material. And there's a bit on there where... Um, 40. 40, well, it's 42, but it's got a hyphen. So it's the word 40 and then 2.online. Um, and then we're producing... Um, I gave one away, aren't we? We've produced... Um, so you can have custom business cards for your church plant uh, with the church plant details on the back and then that on the, the 42 bit on the the other side of it, so that when you lead someone to Christ, hey, come and join us, but get the app, and we'll begin our journey of discipleship together. So just shameless plug for that. It's all available in the room next door. Can we pray? Yeah, Jesus, we love you so much, and we just want to be friends together on mission, and we want to gather people into friendship with you and the community and make disciples. So Lord, help us, Lord, where we've... uh, discuss many things today. Lord, I pray that nuggets will go in. Uh, Lord, we better eat the, eat the meat and spit out the bones, Lord Jesus. Help us uh, to be starting well, to get going well. In Jesus' name. Amen.